0: Lots of big plays for future podcast opens from Ohio State's 34-21 to 21 win over Wisconsin tonight. Big Ten title game in Indianapolis. I'm Bruce Hooley. It is the wee hours of uh, Sunday morning, uh, just after 12.30 as I sit down to record this podcast. Uh, congrats to Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. Third straight outright conference championship. First time it's ever been done in Ohio State history. And when an accomplishment like that is done for the first time in Ohio State history, it's a pretty good chance it's the first time in Big Ten history, and it is. None of the great Michigan teams, I know it's hard to believe, but Minnesota used to have great teams, and they didn't do it either. And Ohio State tonight made it a little interesting. Maybe it seemed to me on Twitter more interesting than its fans wanted it to be, falling into a 21-7 hole at halftime after being down 14 to nothing to start the game. But if you check my Twitter timeline... All you folks who have, through the years, accused me of not being as ardent a Buckeye fan as you. Some of you even saying I'm a Buckeye hater. uh, Well, check the Twitter timeline of somebody tonight who, from start to halftime, said they are not in danger. They are going to win the game. They are not, and I'm just telling you, it amazes me you could watch this team play all season long. Watch them have... A 21-point or more quarter, 12 times in 12 games. Now, they didn't have it every game. Maryland, they did it in three of the four quarters. But they did it in every game up until they played Wisconsin. They didn't do it against Michigan, but I think they had like three 14-point quarters. Point being, this is an explosive team. Defensively and offensively. And did you ever feel like tonight watching that game, Wisconsin had the better players? No, you felt like Ohio State was half asleep, or Justin Fields was somewhat limited physically, or Bucky the Badger had a good game plan. And, you know, we're grateful that Paul Chris decided to light a cigar with that first half game plan at halftime because he clearly didn't have it in the third and fourth quarter. He burned it up and threw it out. Maybe he wrapped a hot dog in it at halftime. I don't know. But uh, they went back to the old, hey, first down, Jonathan Taylor off tackle. Second down, Jonathan Taylor up the middle. Third down and seven. Jack Coon throws it. And they had, until the game was over, basically no offense in the second half. They look an awful lot like the Wisconsin offense from October the 26th. So Ohio State will sail into the college football playoff 13-0. And uh, why don't we just get into that right now? Are they number one? Are they number two? LSU was big today over Georgia. Tigers won that one. I had the score and then I lost. It was 34 to something. So they were, LSU was very impressive. I think we can say um, 37 to 10. I think we can say LSU was more impressive beating number four, Georgia, than Ohio State was impressive beating number eight, Wisconsin. We can say that. Okay. LSU beat higher-ranked team by a bigger margin and more convincingly. The questions about LSU during the season were its defense. Ole Miss ran for a ton of yards on LSU. LSU since then has been pretty good defensively. Ohio State's been good defensively all year. A little suspect against Michigan early, a little suspect against Wisconsin early, but they figured it out. Uh, Teams have clearly learned something about blocking Chase Young. He was... Really not as much of a factor. Now, see, I didn't say he wasn't a factor. I said he was not as much of a factor as all the publicity he was given in the aftermath of the first Wisconsin game. I don't know. I think Chase Young will probably be in New York for the Heisman Trophy because ballots are due Monday by 5 or maybe it's Wednesday by 5. But um, Chase is going to get a lot of early returns. I think the guys and a lot of, let's say, half the field of Heisman voters, about 900 of us, wait until all the games are played to vote. I think Chase will not do well with those voters because they probably watched him intently against Michigan. They watched him intently against Wisconsin. And they're like, oh, the guy's pretty good, but what's the deal? He doesn't get to the quarterback. He got in there, put pressure on, didn't get any sacks tonight. Conversely, if you're judging Ohio State's Heisman Trophy candidates, named J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields, you're going, ooh, why aren't the Ohio State fans talking about these two guys? Because as I predicted through the week on SI.com backslash college backslash Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins would take tonight's little affair at Lucas Oil Stadium as his only chance in a Big Ten game since the awarding of the Big Ten Running Back of the Year to Jonathan Taylor to show everyone who the Big Ten Running Back of the Year actually is. And while Jonathan Taylor had a nice first half with 100 yards, I think it's inarguable that J.K. Dobbins, with another 170-yard-plus game, a third straight game of 30-plus carries, is the Big Ten Running Back of the Year. He got Ohio State's only touchdown early on. And then when the Buckeyes came back and took the lead on two Justin Fields to K.J. Hill touchdown passes – then it became time to do what, um, you know, my friend Trevor Stover at Stover Farms Custom Meats does. They, they got the ground beef. Well, that's what Ohio State did. They ground it out. They grounded it, and they pounded it. And they took the time off the clock, and they left poor Jack Cohn and poor Paul Chris not nearly enough time to come back. And Ohio State gets the victory by 13 points. Um, first half, look. It's hard to play at a fever pitch, peak efficiency, three consecutive weeks. I think the Penn State win, the Michigan win, took a little bit more out of these guys. And honestly, how seriously could they have taken Wisconsin, a team they beat by 31? I mean, they basically flipped the switch at halftime of the first game, and they ran away from Wisconsin. This time, they flipped the switch at halftime, and they ran away from Wisconsin. The only difference was Wisconsin was in front this time, and they weren't, you know, trailing like they were at OSU 10 to nothing. The turnaround was a 24-point turnaround from up 14 to down 10 in Columbus, up 14 at, at Lucas Oil. So it's a it's a good win for Ohio State. I don't know if you'd say it's an impressive win uh, because, A, I don't think Wisconsin's that great. I don't think Wisconsin's a legitimate top 10 team. I think the SEC is the toughest league in the country. I just do. And I think when you're LSU and you've beaten – At this juncture, the playoff rankings tonight, Saturday night, you've beaten four top 12 teams. You've beaten four Georgia, I think 10, no, nine Florida, 11 Auburn, and 12 Alabama. And maybe some of those teams are going to move up a little because Wisconsin's going to fall. Wisconsin's a three-loss team now. Ohio State has beaten Wisconsin when they were eight, Wisconsin before the playoff rankings when, you know, what do we, they were 13 AP. So let's say, you know, 11. I don't think they were a top 10 team. They just lost Illinois. they are not staying in the top 10. They beat number 10 Penn State. That's what they are right now. So I'm equating Penn State now to what all these other teams at LSU beat is now. So they beat 13 Michigan and they beat, Number 20, Cincinnati. The Bearcats lost today to Memphis, second time in eight days. I think that's a, a better resume to LSU. Now, if you want to say we're going with I eye test and Ohio State we think is better and they showed us by coming off them, they can say whatever they want to say. And whatever they say will not be wrong except in the fan base that doesn't want to hear it. Okay? Let me just give you, let's say they make the case for Ohio State to be number one. Ohio State was number one before. Ohio State was challenged at halftime against Wisconsin. Ohio State did what championship teams do. They went in, they gathered themselves, they came back with a rock 'em, sock 'em second half. They dominated the Badgers. They showed they're the best team in the country when challenged. Ohio State got off the mat swinging, and that's what a number one team looks like. And all of us would say, Bully for you, committee. Or if they put LSU number one, they're going to say, Look at LSU. We dropped them to two because Ole Miss ran all over him. We wanted to see if they could play defense. Since then, they've been dominant against Alabama. They've been dominant. Well, I don't know if they could say they've been dominant. They say, you know, they beat Alabama to Alabama. They beat uh they beat Georgia like a drum. Didn't give Georgia any chance at all of winning that game. And they've really cleaned it up on defense. And they have they look pretty good on defense right now. But maybe they're playing stinky offenses. I don't know. So that's what they could say about LSU. Joe Burrow, explosive, la, 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 you know, all that. They could say all that. And all the LSU fans would say, you know, G-E-A-U-X committee. Go committee. (laughs) And and we would say, as Tony Bruno used to say, that's an outrage. But look, I don't want to buy a dog as an Ohio State fan. First of all, I have three dogs. I don't want to buy another dog. Remember Mark Jackson always used to say, if you're afraid, buy a dog. If you're scared, buy a dog. Why are we buying dogs as Ohio State fans? we got a really good team here. Let's go for it, babe. Let's go for it. Clemson and then whoever. LSU and Oklahoma. Let's go for it. Because I don't think it's a bad thing if you have a month to prepare for Clemson. I really don't. They're going to be a bear to prepare for because I think they're going to beat LSU. Or... You know, let uh, – how much confidence will you have if you beat Clemson? How how ticked off will Oklahoma be? How many times do we see in the playoff the team's given no chance? We saw a team tonight, Wisconsin, the team's given no chance. How many times do we see that team rise up and beat the other team? Could Oklahoma beat LSU? Yeah. I, they're not going to beat Clemson. They're not going to beat Ohio State, but I think they could beat LSU. Joe Burrow gets Heisman. He's going to be on the rubber chicken circuit. He's going to be going here, there, and everywhere speaking – Heisman Trophy winners' records in bowl games not very good. So, well, you it'd be like the last time, right? You beat the tough team in the semifinal, and then you get Oklahoma or LSU in the championship game. Now, uh, you might be worried about playing LSU in New Orleans, and that I understand. I understand that. I guess LSU has won the national championship every time the game has been in New Orleans, I don't have to tell you. One time was 2007, even though I just did tell you. So, that's... How I I don't think it matters. If you want to be the champ, you gotta eventually you gotta knock everybody out. And yeah, I guess if you know, I mean, I'd think you'd want to take a shot at knocking off the reigning champion. Clemson's beaten you more than Michigan has beaten you since two thousand and four. Clemson's got two wins against us. So why not go after him? Uh Heisman trophy will be won by Joe Burrow. I'm not telling you that's who I'm voting for, but Joe Burrow will win the Heisman Trophy. He was Joe's really good, man. He's really good. He's got he's having a magical year. He really is. And Buckeye fans are happy for him until unless and until he beats him in the title game. Then I don't think they'll be that happy for him. Um, I think Justin Fields deserves it wouldn't surprise me if we have in New York we have Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and either J.K. Dobbins or Chase Young. Chase Young won the Big Ten silver football, which I'm actually very surprised he won that. Uh, The Chicago Tribune gives that out. The coaches vote on it. They vote for a first guy and a second guy. And I'm actually very surprised Chase Young won that because if anybody's going to down Chase Young for the suspension, I think it would be coaches. Maybe crotchety old Heisman voters too, but I would think it would be coaches. So maybe Chase Young has a shot to get to New York, but I don't think he can win it because, as I said, he's not been as consequential in these last two games. Justin Fields tonight was not great in the first half, but playing on a sprained MCL with a big old clunky lineman's brace on to make the throws he made in the second half. Biggest play of the game, folks, was a third and 18 throw to Chris Olave for 50 yards. Ohio State at that point in time is down 21-7. And they're facing third and 18. Wisconsin's gotten them off the field to start the second half. It's the second possession of the second half for Ohio State. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, maybe this might not be our night. And he completes a great throw to Olave, scrambled away from pressure. And then after that, there was just no stopping the man. I think he hit 11 of 13 in one point. Uh, he, He got the big yards. Yes, I know he fumbled in the first half. It's not perfect. But he didn't throw a pick, and now he's at 40 touchdown passes (laughs) and one interception. That is just insane. That is just insane, that touchdown-to-interception ratio. J.K. Dobbins, he's the best back in the Big Ten. He ought to be a first-team All-American. He's a rock star. Uh, Pack him in ice until the playoff begins, because that young man's got to be sore after toting the rock 100 times the last three weeks. K.J. Hill... I just think he's um, he's been around so long, and he's had to share the spotlight with so many people that I probably don't have the proper appreciation for all of the big plays he made. But he made one, he made a couple tonight, and um, what a way for KJ Hill to script the chapter of becoming Ohio State's all-time leading receiver in a game where he catches two touchdown passes in the second half that make Ohio State the outright Big Ten champion. I mean, he could have just as easily caught four passes, eh, four passes, 25 yards, no touchdowns, blah, 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 in a big old blowout of Rutgers or something like that. No, no, you want it on this kind of a stage. So K.J. Hill can have a spot in Buckeye lore because he deserves that spot, and he's got it. Ben Victor, he had been missing for a couple weeks. He had a huge third and 18 conversion tonight. That was the backbreaker Those two are the bookends. The first one to Olave said, here we come. You can't stop us because we have Olave and Wilson and Dobbins and Victor and Mac and Hill and Ruckert with the one-hand touchdown catch. How many guys made a play for Ohio State tonight that Wisconsin fans went? Ooh, I've never seen our guys do that. Now they see Quintez Cephas do some special things, and of course... They've seen Jonathan Taylor do some special things. But the difference in this game is an accumulation of Ohio State having six to ten of those guys who can do the, huh, Huh? what? He caught that? What? Austin Mack, one-hand catch, first half. Cephas, first half catch. But that's it for them, right? Taylor with the 45-yard run and the 44-yard run, both nice plays. Those are the three plays for Wisconsin. You go back, you count them up for Ohio State. It's na na-na, 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 over and over and over and over. Third and 18, boom. We got it. Third and 18, boom. We got it. I mean, when it's third and 18 against Wisconsin, I still think they got more than a 50% chance of getting it. Maybe not on third down, but what? Field scrambled tonight on third down, got them a manageable fourth down. I think they got stopped on that, but they just, you don't get these guys off the field easily, folks. You just do not get these guys off the field easily. They're really good. Yes, I know. It's breaking news. They're really, really, really good. So uh reflecting on the rest of the day today, uh Oklahoma over Baylor in overtime. Look, I didn't want to see Matt. I, I like Matt Rule. I have friends who know Matt Rule, two friends who know Matt Rule. One of them was covered the Ohio State Hoops game today. Hey, I gotta talk a little Ohio State Hoops here in a second. Um one of one of Matt Rule's buddies. Covered Ohio State today. Uh we covered from another uh, perspective. And then another buddy is a guy that I know who's uh tied with the NFL and he has uh he has Matt Rule background. I have nothing against Matt Rule. I think Matt Rule's a good coach. I hope he gets into Big Ten pretty soon because he'd make things interesting. But I can't watch that hideous thing he wears on the sidelines. It's like a cross between Belichick's hoodie and Dressel's sweater vest, neither of which should be approved sideline attire for coaches. So I can't root for you as long as you're wearing that, Matt Rule. So, Lincoln Riley, uh, it's uh, an Ohio State, Oklahoma playoff game. Isn't that easy to think about? We got Jalen Hurts. We got the whole, we revisit the flag plant. We can litigate that throughout all the different annals of the NFL with Baker Mayfield and. The tight end from the Ravens and Nick Bosa. And we we got all these things we can talk about with Ohio State-Oklahoma. With Ohio State-Baylor, what are we going to talk about? Matt Rule's lousy sideline sweater vest hoodie? No. I'm glad Oklahoma won that game. Uh, Cincinnati, tough way for Luke to lose, man. I mean, they just – Luke kicked a field goal – They're down there. It's fourth and one. His squad is down. I think they were down two. And Luke kicked a field goal with about four and a half minutes left. Fourth and one. I get it. You kick it to get ahead in the game, and you believe in your defense. Luke's a defensive guy. But Memphis just went right down the field on him and scored a touchdown to win it. Now, Cincinnati made a nice little run back comeback. I thought they were going to come down there and score. They got it to about the twenty, and then they ran out of gas. So. Uh, No AAC championship for Luke Fickle, but his team will go to a bowl game. It will not go to the Cotton Bowl. They will not be the highest-ranked non-Power 5 team. But he's got a chance to have another 11-win season. And the jobs that are out there right now, mm, I don't see one that I think, yes, Luke Fickle has to take that job. We'll talk to Chris about that on Monday uh the SEC title game LSU I never felt like Georgia had a shot in that game Georgia dropped some early passes they needed to get in front they needed to do what Wisconsin did tonight and I think Georgia would have had the defense maybe to hang on Georgia's got a fast defense man you see how fast Joe Burrow is I didn't realize Joe was that fast he's running away from Georgia Bulldog DBs and linebackers Joe could be a load, man. That Ohio State LSU semifinal, if we get, or a, a national title game, if we get that, ooh, that's going to be a sweet, sweet game to preview with all the Joe Burrow stuff. Uh the other game, Clemson tonight was just, I don't even know what the score of that was. I think it was just an absolute smoke job. Um scores, how can it not be on the top of the espn.com but it's not thank you very much the Oregon Utah score is up there yes Oregon began the weekend by face planning against Utah um which you know Ohio State would have beaten Utah six ways to Sunday I mean it wouldn't have even been close 62 to 17 Clemson holy smokes that game was seven to seven the last time I looked at it so Clemson's really rolling I know that's why everybody wants to avoid Clemson well Clemson hadn't played anybody like Ohio State So this would be a smack in the mouth for Clemson. You want Clemson to warm up with LSU, then they'll be ready for Ohio State? I think it makes essentially no difference. Urban and all those guys are making a big deal about it. Why would you act afraid? It's the only time in my life I've ever seen Urban Meyer act afraid. What are you afraid of Clemson for? The other thing I got to get to, I'm so glad, and I know I'm in the minority on this, I'm so glad that we are done with Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson. Now, I would not say this with Chris on the podcast because Chris is a colleague at Fox. It's not that he and these guys are palsy-wowsy, but, you know, Chris works for Fox. And I don't want to put Chris in the awkward position of talking about guys at Fox. But I just, my personal preference, I'm I'm very sure they're nice men. I have nothing against them as, as men, as personal, you know, personal vendetta. I don't care for the way they broadcast a the game. I don't care for the way they broadcast a the game. I, I've heard, you know, Gus Johnson say, J.K. all day. 60 times. Uh, I've heard him scream about Chase Young being the best player in the country and then screaming about nobody gives J.K. Dobbins any respect. Well, that's your fault, dude. You do most of their games. Um, and then tonight, the t- the the tippy-topper on the Sunday of stupid, which Joel Clatt has served me all season long, is that Wisconsin should go to the Rose Bowl over Penn State. Okay, let's tear apart the resume, shall we? Wisconsin has three losses. Penn State has two. I know Wisconsin played an extra game. Yes, I'm aware. Okay. Wisconsin lost to Illinois, who I believe is 6-6, six and six, and they lost twice to Ohio State. Okay, their loss to Illinois is a way worse loss than Penn State losing by 11 at Ohio State or losing by, what was it, less than a touchdown at number 10 Minnesota at the time of the game. Minnesota's a 10-win team, 10-2 football team. There's no way in the world you can say that Wisconsin doesn't have the worst loss between Wisconsin and Penn State. Also, you have Wisconsin having had two shots at Ohio State and lost to them both times, once on a neutral field, by more than Penn State lost to Ohio State. Penn State held Ohio State to 28 points. Ohio State played Wisconsin twice and scored 38 and 34 points. So, and Penn State played Ohio State with their starting quarterback hurt and knocked out of half the game and still came within 11. So it is utterly stupid and indefensible for Joel Klatt to say that Wisconsin deserves to go to the Rose Bowl over Penn State because they don't. They don't. And uh, just, you know, I, what? It, Wisconsin's playing. So this is my issue with Fox and Joel. Fox and Joel and, and Gus. Whatever game they're doing is the greatest this, the greatest that, the best this, the best that in all of college football ever. Ever. There's never a perspective on anything. He made a comment about Ohio State wide receiver Clatt did last week at Michigan that he dropped a deep ball, and he said that's a shock because he's one. <laughs> he's one of the best deep ball trackers in the country. Okay, I think all of Ohio State's receivers are extremely talented, and we've raved about them on the podcast all season long. Tell me how, as an analyst, you form the metric on the wide receivers in the country being good at tracking deep balls. How many wide receivers in the country has Joel Klatt sat down and looked at on film and evaluated their ability to track a deep ball? How would you even begin to do that? Huh? Have you seen every receiver in the Power Five? You know, have you seen... Who's the guy with the Rams that came from like ad one D1AA school? <laughs> Cooper Cup. Have you seen the 1AA? Have you seen the modern day Cooper Cups tracking deep balls all over 1AA at Montana and North Dakota State and everywhere to make a definitive statement that this Ohio State wide receiver is one of the best deep ball trackers in the country? How about you just say, that's really surprising that he dropped that ball because he's a really good receiver. You don't see him do that very often. Or, The wind fooled him, and the ball hit his face mask. No, no. He's one of the best deep ball trackers in the country. Ridiculous. Ridiculous that he says nonsensical, stupid stuff like that. (laughs) And then doubles down on it with, oh, well, well, I'm covering Wisconsin tonight. So Wisconsin's the greatest team. They're the second greatest team that I'm doing tonight. And so they should go to the Rose Bowl. Why? Why over Penn State when they had two shots to beat Ohio State and neither time came as close as Penn State did once with their backup quarterback in the game for half the game? Explain that to me, Joel Klatt. No, don't, because I don't want to hear from you again. I'm glad the adults are in charge. I'm glad we have ESPN on the case. I know most of you hate ESPN. You're delusional. ESPN does the games down the middle, and they do a great job on college football except for their sideline reporters are not always the best. How about the Buckeye Hoops squad? How about the Buckeye Hoops squad? All over Penn State today. And you say, well, come on, Bruce, it's Penn State. Hey, folks, uh, while I was not paying attention because I was too busy with college football, the Penn State Nittany Lions have themselves a very fine basketball team. Uh, they were seven and one coming into today, and no, they haven't beaten just, you know, Hondros Real Estate College and the Chamberlain School of Nursing. No, they've beaten Syracuse, they've beaten Wake Forest, and they beat somebody else who was pretty good. And they got talent. You, know, you watch Penn State play today; it was a weird game in that Ohio State you know, they got a lead four, or six points, then it was eight. And then it was 10. And then, oh, here comes Penn State. They got it back to six. then High State got it up to 14. whoops, it's eight again. And then all of a sudden, uh, it's like 17. And Penn State decides, um, let's dare Caleb Wesson to shoot threes. Well, I guess I get the strategy because you'd rather he uh, try to kill you from out there as opposed to killing you in the low post, which he was. But Caleb Wesson had it going today, and so did Andre Wesson. And Ohio State put up 106 points against Penn State. 106 points. And my computer just crashed, so I'm trying to get the exact score. I think Penn State had like 70-something. So Ohio State has not scored that many points in a Big Ten game since 1991. 1991, Randy Ayers was the head coach of our basketball team. Jim Jackson was a uh, junior on our basketball team. No, excuse me, sophomore on our basketball team because he left after his junior year in 1992. (laughs) Mark Baker, Chris Gent, Jamal Brown in the lineup for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Big Billy Robinson and Steve Hall coming off the bench. Uh, That was a long time ago, is my point. Uh, And Penn State... You say, well, maybe they play lousy defense. Well, not to this point. They had allowed 70 points. Well, let's put it this way. They had allowed more than 70 points once in eight games. 74 was their high. They gave up 106 to Ohio State. We have a very deep team. We have a very athletic team. We have a very versatile team. We have two really capable point guards. I like DJ Carton more than I do CJ Walker, but... Uh, just like the explosivity, uh, both of them made some nice plays today. Caleb Wesson is a really tough matchup. What do you do with him out there on the perimeter? You go out there with a big. He's going to bring you in a post, or uh, you go out if you don't go out there with a big. He's going to shoot over you. If you go out there with a smaller guy, he's going to beat you up in a post. He's a tough matchup. We got guys who can lock you down defensively. More than one. We got Luther Muhammad. We got Andre Wesson. Um, Liddell is really going to be a star for Ohio State. Kyle Young, guy does all the dirty work. Uh, Dave Jones uh, of the Harrisburg Patriot made a good point today. He said that Ohio State does things that you get rewarded for in the tournament, like throwing the ball into the post. You'll get foul called. A lot of teams foul Ohio State a lot. and they're, you know, Cincinnati, I know, was frosted, and Kent State was frosted and some of the foul totals. Hey, you're throwing that ball in a post and you're taking it to the hoop, you're going to get those calls. You're shooting threes all day, you're not going to get those calls. So, Ohio State's really good. And they have made three pretty good basketball teams look pretty bad. Villanova, North Carolina, and Penn State. So, folks, maybe we are on the cusp of a 2006 (laughs) Florida Gators-style miracle where the football team and the hoop squad Win the Natty in the fall and in the spring. I'm just saying. It could happen. We are that good at both. Uh, tomorrow, after the college football playoff rankings, um, I may take to uh, Periscope on Twitter to chat with you about your thoughts. Um, I I'm, I'm, can't end the podcast without making a prediction. Uh, on the rankings. I told you all week Ohio State would be number one if they won the game. Because I think the committee foreshadowed its rankings last week when it only dropped Michigan one spot despite getting pounded by the Buckeyes. When it dropped Alabama from 5-12, to even though Alabama lost to a really good Auburn team on the road and got screwed on a field goal at the end of the half, uh, they vaulted Wisconsin up to 8 as the highest two-loss team, which was a way to, I think, at the end of the day, say, hey, look, you know, I know you beat Georgia, LSU, but Ohio State beat, you know, number eight, Wisconsin. So they were trying to elevate Wisconsin to mitigate against LSU, making the argument that, hey, we beat the fourth-ranked team. What do you mean we can't move up to number one? So I said last week they've made their case already they think Ohio State is better. Now, I think last week they did think Ohio State was better. But the reason that I think it might flip now is because, yeah, I'm I'm going full conspiracy here. Here's the current headline on ESPN.com. Who has the college football playoff contract? Oh, yeah, that's right, ESPN does. I know they always say, we have no influence. We don't even attempt to exert any influence. Really? Would you pay what they paid to televise the college football playoff and not exert influence? Well, if you do, you're probably not a very good businessman. The headline reads, Sorry, Ohio State and Clemson. But LSU is the true number one in a loaded college football playoff field. If it's LSU, LSU will play Oklahoma in Atlanta, and the Buckeyes will play Clemson in Phoenix. That's, that's a pretty good matchup. If Ohio State is number one, they will play, I think, Oklahoma in Atlanta, and LSU and Clemson in Phoenix, but I'm going to predict, boy, this is tough, man. It was a 13-point win tonight, so they had two bad quarters. All right, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going to stick to my original prediction, that they sent the message last week that they were positioning the rankings to – pre-inflate Ohio State's resume relative to LSU's I know LSU has the four top 12 wins they will say Ohio State has two top three top 10 wins over Wisconsin and Penn State that's bogus because Wisconsin was not a top 10 team the first time they beat them Uh, but that's what they'll say they can say whatever they want because they make the decisions so here's my prediction Ohio State 1, LSU 2, Clemson 3, Oklahoma 4. Ohio State will play Oklahoma in Hotlanta in the Peach Bowl. And LSU and Clemson will play in Phoenix. That is my prediction. So let it be written. So let it be done. We'll talk to you on Monday here on the Spielman & Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.